Welcome to the Game of Crowdfunding Draft Picks Edition. I'm your host, Sarah Reed, and with me as always... Jacob Kuhn. Welcome, welcome. It's November. Woo, the holidays. Yeah, it's a little crazy, but uh, yeah. the year's going by a little fast, and it's always weird here because there is no Thanksgiving in Germany. Oh, there well, no, that would make There are no pilgrims. Yeah, <laughs> that kind of makes sense. <laughs> yes, well, um, I still hope you have a happy Thanksgiving, or happy November? Uh, we we do still celebrate. My coworkers and I get together for it, so we will still have a Thanksgiving. Okay, that's great. Yeah, my Thanksgiving is always crazy because we do stuff with our Lego club. We have a event that happens every year, so. Cool. It's a lot of fun, but it makes it very that week very doubly crazy. But we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about Kickstarter board games. But first, I would like to give a shout out. Thank you to our Patreon supporter, Torin. Thank you so much for supporting All Us Geeks and the Game of Crowdfunding. We really appreciate it. And if you'd like to support All Us Geeks, um, please check out Patreon. I don't know the exact link, but you'll find it by searching for All Us Geeks. All right, let's get on to our picks. And as a reminder, uh, uh, we'll do this a little, a few more times to remind people we've changed rules up a bit. We now pick two unfunded projects and two funded projects. Uh, it's just the way Kickstarter landscape has changed over the last year or so. More of the good projects are funding like instantly. Some of them seem to be that like it goes up and it's, it's funded. But we still want to give a shout out to good projects, whether they're funded or not. We'll just make fewer points in this this game of crowdfunding that we do. So for this week, I get to go first with, and I will use my draft pick to see if that does any, any favors. I am going to pick Role Player. I did not pick that. All right. Wasted pick, but that's, I mean, wasted use of the draft pick, but that's okay. Role Player looks really cool to me, and it harkens back for me for a lot of my role-playing days where I actually started off more as a role-player than a board gamer. And one of those things that people tend to get into when you're role-playing and you can't actually get together very often is you build a lot of characters. And it's just so much fun to go through that process of building a character, choosing the stats and choosing your abilities and picking out your equipment and it sounds a little insane if you've never role-played, but it is, well, it is the basis for what role-playing is, is your character. So I find it's really cool that they've made a board game that focuses just on that aspect of role-playing, which is building your character. And they do it in a very innovative way in that it's dice drafting to assemble your attribute scores, and each person will get a different race and a couple of different cards that give them different goals than other people. And so you're trying to reach these goals to, of course, score more points. And whoever has the best built character at the end of the game, based on what your personal goals are, is the winner. Um, and they, of course, use the basic, I don't want to call them tropes, but any role player will be able to, uh, at least every fantasy role player, will be able to relate to these because they use the really basic races and classes. So it's relatable to pretty much any fantasy role playing game you've ever played. And it is pretty, well, I would consider pretty affordable. It's $45 that gets you the base game. If you don't want to do that, the print and play is 15 And one of the big costs is there's a lot of dice. There are 73 dice, but the good news is they're all basic six-siders in just different colors. So if you wanted to do the print and play, it's not too costly to get your own dice. Um, they're looking for $35,000, and they're currently at 16654 
with uh, 331 backers. So that puts them at, they're at about 48% funded. Um, they just launched on November 10th and they're going till December 11th. So plenty of time to get in on this. Check it out. The artwork is solid. I wouldn't say it's like stunning, but it is solid fantasy artwork and it, it does. It looks good. Yeah, I saw that game and I actually saw um, Rado's run through and mm-hmm. it looks cool. Just for me, I've never played an RPG. So part of me is like, wait, why? What? I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I don't get it. But it seems like it would be really cool. If you were into RPGs, it'd be really cool just to be able to play. And I wonder, I don't know if there's a solo variant, but I would not be surprised if you could make it pretty easily from what I was watching. Yeah, I could imagine if, at least at the very basis, basic, you could do a probably beat your own score style solo mm-hmm. gaming, just trying to accumulate the most points you can by building the best character, which is still very reflective of making a role-playing character because the dice do determine your basic stats, which then determine what you can and can't pick for that character. So, yeah. But yeah, I think that maybe one of the reasons why this hasn't funded yet is it's targeting gamers who are, are big role players. And that may be a hard market to target because role players, if they're just role playing, well, are pretty much just role playing and not necessarily playing board games. So it's trying to get that niche audience that's doing both. Yeah, I think it would be kind of neat if maybe in expansions in the future they could do something like uh, tying it into specific types of RPGs. So you could do yeah. uh, build the best character for the Star Wars. You know, they'd have to get yeah. the IPs, obviously, and Star Wars probably mm-hmm. wouldn't be the easiest one to do. But like Pathfinder or D&D, contracting yeah. with them, I think that'd be really cool because then people could take the character that they do create and that would be their starter. Yeah, that would be... that would. Definitely gamify the building a character, which is already kind of gamified. But yeah, I think that would be a great way to go. Challenging and getting IPs, but it would definitely draw more interest to it. Yeah. Anyway, that was just a thought popped in my brain. So I will put up Perdition's Mouth Abyssal Rift, Whoa, which is a mouthful up against that game. This is a cooperative board game of, uh, they say, card-driven tactical combat. For one to six players. It's a dungeon crawl type game. Um, well, it's exactly a dungeon crawl game. But there's some very unique mechanics into it. Um, it's very typical to me. The theme behind it, you know, you're trying to kill the bad fantasy people. You know, whatever. So it seems all pretty straightforward on that. But then some of the things that you are doing in the game and how you move is on a what they call a rock of destiny, but it's basically a rondelle. You're trying to, you know, escape from this dungeon, but you're using this unique thing where they're choosing an action, um, and you can only have so many uh, action points to to get to the next thing. And so you have to make sure you're not skipping by things you're going to need soon without being able to use it, but you also have to time it correct. So it's really kind of neat how it works. It's hard to explain. Um, really is a lot easier to actually see it in action, which, uh, again, Rado did a run-through of this. But it looks really neat. It's not a cheap game because it does come with a ridiculous amount of things. You don't actually use any dice, which is the main reason I would actually consider getting this, because I 
have a hard time with dungeon crawlers where everything is just about the dice. But there are yeah, like, I totally agree on that. There are thirty five enemy miniatures. There are six heroes, and I'm sure in stretch goals, even more could possibly pop up. But the uh, pledges are for seventy nine or for ninety nine, which with miniature games and dungeon crawlers with all the tiles and stuff, that seems about normal. They have a retail edition, which you can get on the Kickstarter, but then there's also the, the Kickstarter edition, which has some Kickstarter-only uh, unlocked stretch goals and stuff. They're looking for $75,000, and right now they're at about thirty-one, just under 32000 So they've got quite a bit to go, but it just launched this week uh, as of this recording on November 11th, and so it has until December 11th, so plenty of time still. 383 backers have already joined in, so they're doing pretty well. Uh, got a good ways to go, but it definitely seems unique, and I would just encourage anybody that likes dungeon crawlers but hates the dice or just likes unique dungeon crawlers to check out exactly how that uh, Rock of Destiny works. Yeah, that looks pretty neat, and yeah, I I love dungeon crawlers and just co-ops in general, but I'll say the thing that frustrates me the most is how your success a lot of the times is determined by the dice, and yes, there are the good ones will give you ways to mitigate that dice, but then there's other ones that are like, nah, doesn't matter. You can roll more dice, but whatever is going to be is going to be determined by the dice. So that's really nice to see that difference. Yeah. And, you know, it's definitely just something different. And actually, it's not just the heroes that get that rondelle. It's also the uh, the enemies. So it makes it a little bit easier to control them, too. Cool. So cool. definitely should check that out. Um, I think it looks pretty darn interesting. So now this would be my franchise pick. So I am going to pick, and I hope you did too, mm-hmm. Loon Architects. No, I didn't pick that one. I was highly considering it, but no. So go ahead. Okay, so Loon Architects can essentially be called Glenmore Squared or Glenmore Part 2. More, I don't know, but it's reimagining of Glenmore. And Matthias Cromer, the publisher of Glenmore, was actually contacted by the designers and they asked him, like, hey, you know, we're, we love your game. It's out of print a lot. We want to take your game and make some changes, but it's going to be not, like, probably, I would say, I'm guessing here, 70% Glenmore, 30% as new stuff. And obviously a different theme because it's called Loon Architects. If you didn't catch, yeah. that's not the same thing as Glenmore. Glenmore, you're having sheep and whiskey in Scotland, I believe. And uh, Loon Architects, you're architects trying to build moon bases. So um, it's got a really cool uh, system of a rondelle where you are able to do certain uh, you get certain tiles, which will add into your blueprints of the base that you are pitching. And based on where you have astronauts, or I think they're called astronauts, your meeples, it will activate certain tiles, just the ones that are surrounding the meeples that are on there. So you really have to work with where the meeples are. It's not just, I place a tile and it activates everything around it, like uh, suburbia. It would be more of, if there is a meeple there, it will activate. And I really like that because it adds another strategic layer to the tile placement. And it does the the mechanic of if you're in last on the rondelle, you go until you move ahead of someone else. So you have to be very careful how far ahead you jump because someone could easily get four turns 
if you don't time your big jump correctly. It's uh, got a couple different pledge prices, and I, I really like one of the things they did. But it is uh, $5 for a print and play, which is great if that's what you like to do. Uh, mine would look absolutely atrocious if I did it, so $5 wouldn't even <laughs> be worth it. Um, it also is 35 or 40 And this is what I really like. One of the biggest complaints some people have are the inserts. Mm-hmm. And they said, okay, well, 35 you don't get the fancy insert. But 40 you get the fancy tray, is what they called it. And it is a fancy tray. Yep. And for 5 bucks, if you hate inserts, this is great. Uh, it's free shipping to the U.S., $15 to the world. So you're looking at, you know, $55, which is probably about what you would pay in the store for this game, I would imagine, between mm-hmm. 45 and 55 So, and that's if you were living in the uh, U.S. that you could actually buy it for that much. So getting it here in Europe, I think 55 <laughs> wouldn't be that bad. Uh, and again, <laughs> this is apparently where I get all my Kickstarter news. Rado did a video for this. <laughs> Rado is very prolific, and it he's both good and bad for my wallet, because he definitely shows how the game plays, and he has more than once caused us to back. But on the other hand, he's also shown when we ha- would not like the game, so... Yep, same here. And I, I really appreciate what he does, because I like to watch games being played. Mm-hmm, yep. So that is my pick. What will... You- oh, I didn't even say all the details, did I? Yeah, Launch date yeah. <laughs> was uh, also earlier this week as a recording, November 10th. Finished on it will finish on the eighth of December. It has three hundred and fifty one backers right now. They're looking for thirty thousand, and they have fourteen thousand three hundred. So they're just under halfway there. Plenty of time, but definitely check this one out. Yeah, I definitely. We looked into it, and I think the only reason we're not backing it is because we do actually uh, own Glenmore. It was one of the first games we bought when we got back into uh, got into board gaming. And the thing is, for us, is what we see Loon Architects is as a mix of it adds in some suburbia type aspects into Glenmore, which look fantastic. It's just for us, if we want to play suburbia, we'd play suburbia. And if we want to play Glenmore, we'd play Glenmore. So we're in a position where we have the two games separated and we prefer the different aspects that it provides separated. But I've been telling all my friends who've been wanting Glenmore to say, hey, get this because in my opinion, it definitely improves on Glenmore. I have uh, some small issues with Glenmore and how it works. It kind of has some, there are times the game feels very repetitive. One game feels like the next, but Lunar Architects has a lot more variability, which is what Suburbia has a lot of. So definitely, I agree with you. Um, check this out because I think this is going to be a really good game that needs to get out there. I agree. All right. So. I'm going to put up against that Wolf Star Heroes, and it is a card game, as they say, for people who like spaceships, robots, aliens, laser beams, and massive interstellar war. One of the things that really draws me to this game, because it looks like it's a, a smaller, because um, it only has two decks of 60 cards, and it's a short 30-minute game, uh, what really draws me to it is their art style has really is is inspired by a lot of the old TV shows and films like Battlestar Galactica, Doctor Who, and a lot of the original Star Wars. And then they also, what really is neat to me, mix in some comics like 2000 AD and uh, some other ones. And so you can definitely see that it has a real classic sci-fi look to it. 
Now, here's the only thing I'm not sure of. It says the game plays for two to four players, but everything in their description talks about how to play it with two because there are two sides to the game. There's the humans and the aliens, and it's basically a, a conflict game where um, the humans are trying to colonize, and of course, the aliens are saying, no, get off our planet. But I'm guessing maybe with more players, you play as teams. It's just from looking at the main page, can't really um, get that from it. But it's a great price point. It is in, shoot, it's not in US dollars. It's so it's in pounds. So it's in British pounds. I'm just trying to make sure I get this right. Because it's interesting. A lot of a lot of the games now have been also in euros. So I always have to make sure I get that right. So the base game will be 13 pounds or about $20 US. Um, and that gets you the complete game, 120 cards, and then any stretch goals that are hit. So that seems really good. I am not sure about the shipping costs, but for a game this small, shouldn't be too much. Um, but then there are higher pledge levels to get more copies, which then reduces the price of it. And then some of the higher levels will get you a limited edition print of one of the art pieces, which I think is really cool. So they're looking for 10,000 pounds. Um, they're currently at 7,632. So they're pretty close. We're looking at 76% funded. So it hopefully we'll get there and they're at 104 backers. They end December 2nd. It launched. November 2nd. So it's been going for a little while, but there's still some time to uh, get on it if that sounds interesting. Well, I honestly um, have never seen this game. So, okay. (laughs) All right. Sounds good. Yeah. (laughs) That is all my comments. All right. Sounds good. (laughs) So now moving on to... The funded. Yes. Let's move on to projects that have funded. So this is the one that... I like because I enjoyed the video game on my iPad. I think I would probably enjoy the game, but the the board game that they're making of it, but it is a insanely expensive, well, for me, tactical uh, miniatures game. And I am talking about the Banner Saga Warbands. Uh, I didn't see this one either, so it's all yours. All right. So... As we said, this is well, these are our funded picks. So they were looking for fifty thousand, and they're already at one hundred and nine thousand. Wow, one hundred and ninety-one. <laughs> so yeah, they're doing very well, which I am not surprised because, like I said, the video game's very popular. It's on Steam. I played it on the on my iPad. I think they're going to try to bring it to PS4, which is I'm really excited because then I can play it with Will. And there's a second uh, game coming out that's going to continue the story because the first game only had half the story. But that that's the video game. Let's focus on Banner Saga. But to complete the, the, the time, you've got till December 4th to back this project. Um, they're at 218% funded. So the cost, like I said, 80 bucks will get you the base game, which is is pretty good. I mean, for a miniatures game, that's not terrible. I'm just personally a little tapped out right now. However, they have a really nice, if you can afford it, $200 pledge that gets you the game, all stretch goals, and all add-ons. So that is one of the things. You can get 80 bucks and then add on whatever particular things you want, or you can go all $200 in and you get everything. It is a co-op, but it's very tactical. In fact, I believe if I remember correctly, there's no dice to this system. But you're taking up roles of um, these leaders in this war band. And your whole thing is, and it's just, I want to say it was really short, 
I want to say that it takes like 15 minutes for a skirmish, and I can't find that right now, but I think it was 15 minutes for a skirmish. But basically, it's one of the little battles from the video game where you are leading this war band across the country, um, and you are fighting off the, the bad guys that exist in this world. So you make hard critical choices, and like the video game, not everybody's going to be alive at the end of the battle. Um, so, oh, there it is. Skirmish takes about 10 minutes. So it, it's a very short and it's very, uh, compact. So while there's a lot of miniatures and a lot of costs to the game, I like that it doesn't look like there's a lot of setup, which is one of the challenges for a lot of the bigger miniature co-op games is <laughs> the game takes like two hours to play, but it takes like 30 minutes to set it up. So this is nice in that it is a smaller tactical cooperative game. So I highly recommend taking it out because also on here, if you haven't gotten the game, the video game, you can uh, back for $15. It gets you the PC game on Steam. Plus you get a little Kickstarter miniature from this game, which is really nice because then you can get it and then later pick up the ga- board game later if you like. Nice. So yeah, check that out. All right. Well, up against that, I will pick, and you may pick this for your other one, so I may have to pick a different one, but... Islebound. Yeah, I picked that, so you'll have to... <laughs> that'll so be a wash I for us. I will pick Endure the Stars. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, apparently today I am all about the cooperative action, or cooperative games, because <laughs> Endure the Stars is a one-to-five player cooperative survival game set on a planet colonizing ship. And it has a name that I don't even want to butcher. So... You basically are already, the theme is that you're already been on the ship for a year trying to colonize and everything's gone to, well, pretty much crap. So they're trying to genetically engineer life forms so that that you can go onto the planet. And uh, nobody else really knew that, just the scientists did. And then, well, of course, now they're coming to kill everyone. Um, Of course. (laughs) I mean, you know, of course. Of course. That's the way things are. (laughs) It seems like, you know, every time I try to genetically engineer something, it always <laughs> comes around and tries to kill people. <laughs> Gee, you think? I really should just stop doing that. But, you know, I just can't. I just yeah. can't. It's too much fun. <laughs> so it's a very uh, Ameritrash type of thing, which is not my uh, most favorite genre of games. But I know lots of people do really like it. And honestly, I wouldn't mind trying it out. And this one looks like... It would be one that I would try out. Mm-hmm. Just the minis are, well, obviously I don't see the actual minis, but they're pretty darn cool looking. The rolls seem pretty neat. The enemies are cool. Or it looks good. So the gameplay seems pretty standard. I haven't found anything that's sticking out um, majorly as different, but uh, everything looks really solid. And this project is looking for. Well, it looked, was looking for 45000 I have to get used to saying was, because, you know, past tense now that they're funded. <laughs> yeah, really, it's the change. <laughs> yeah. So they were looking for 45,000 pounds, which is um, a lot of dollars. and 68000 <laughs> Yep. See? Exactly. Uh, but <laughs> right now they have 54,000 pounds, which is? 82000 Awesome. About. So they're doing well. Uh, <laughs> and the... The price is pretty standard, again, for um, this type of a game. It's actually 60 pounds, which would be, like, probably 80. It's 91, it says. Oh, 91. Holy goodness. Okay, I didn't realize yeah. that. Yeah. That was a lot more. Exchange rate. 
that thing. Yeah, exchange rate's rate. not so good. No, it's really not. <laughs> so, I mean, for 90 bucks, it might be a little bit expensive, but if you're used to buying these types of games, um, you know, like from Cool Mini or whatever, they're not that far off from the same price as everyone else. Right. Yeah. Um, and they launched on the 7th of November, and they'll finish on the 7th of December, and they have 935 backers as of right now. And since, you know, they've funded, I'm sure stretch goals are happening. Uh, they already mm-hmm. are. So more things are going to be funded and bringing on the more minis. And, you know, it could get pretty insane by the end of it. So Yeah, it looks like they also have a lot of add-ons. Yeah, the, I definitely uh, noticed. They have a couple. They have a couple add-ons. It's okay. not too bad. It's not too bad. Which is, I think, just some more, like, 20 minis for 15 pounds, which isn't bad at all. No, that's not bad at all. And then one giant one for eight pounds. And then it comes with tokens and cards and all the other stuff that you need. So pricing-wise, it actually doesn't seem like it's too bad. Nah. If you're into that kind of a game, you're probably expecting to spend that much on a regular basis anyway. Mm -hmm. So um, definitely, you know, check it out if it's something you like those style of games. And uh, I think they're bringing something different. And they're not cool mini or not. Nothing against (laughs) them, but Mm -mm. just, you know, they're a different company that you can support. Yep, I totally agree. All right, so our last round will be Islebound. Did you want to talk about it first? Oh, no, feel free to go ahead and start, and I can jump in with the details and uh, anything I feel. Okay. uh, Yeah, anything I want to do. All right, so Islebound is by Ryan, oh, I hope I can pronounce this, Lockout? I think it's Lockit. But I could be Lock wrong, it. but I say it with confidence. It's lock it. All right. I will go with your confidence. And if he calls you on it, it it's your fault. <laughs> that is true. I'll, I'll own okay. up to it. <laughs> so Ryan is, I don't know, I am just, as um as a designer, as a gamer, I'm really impressed by what Ryan has done. I just have to say that. He's done a lot of games and he does everything for them. He is a one-man machine that's just, it's amazing. Now, I haven't liked personally everything that he's done, but he's done such a wide variety that as a designer, it's just amazing to see someone come up with so many different types of games. So right there, I'm just got to say, I'm gushing a little, I'm impressed. So he, I, and it's just, is just coming off of his previous one above and below, which I got, but I haven't had a chance to play yet. But Islebound looks like another good one. And I'll say up front, I'm backing. This one is really cool because you are sailing through a mythical Archipelago. I hope I pronounced that one right. Archipelago. Filled, archipelago. See, wow, pronunciation is not my thing today. Sorry, it's, but it's still way with, too early in the morning for you. It's okay. That's that's true. Thank you. I, I have an excuse. I just woke up. Uh, <laughs> but it's filled with pirates and sea serpents, and I mean, it it's one of those things that everybody always says they want the perfect pirate game. But I think the problem is nobody can agree on what the perfect pirate game is. Now, whether this one's that, I don't quite know, but it looks good so far. It is a m- more on the Euro style of things in that there isn't really a whole lot you can... Well, there's some stuff you can do against each other, but it's more about taking over the towns either through diplomacy or through combat. Um, I really like that you can tame sea monsters. Again, more abstracted because it's Euro basis, but it still looks really good. You can hire more crew, you get treasure... Um, you're sh- sailing your ship around, and um, as always, the artwork is just beautiful. I can't say anything more than that. Um, it's it's just beautiful. So the game looks pretty robust. Um, you 
I like also that he keeps things simple. There's one pledge level. It's $44. Now, I know some people might want to be able to get more copies, and I'm not exactly sure if you can add on more copies, but at least it says it's EU friendly. So um, hopefully that won't cost too much more in shipping charges for people outside the U.S. No, it really, 40... it really doesn't. It's um, I think it's 16 for okay. shipping, which for a $44 game, which I'm sure in the stores, again, would be 50 55 adding that much more. Because his games aren't ones that get into Europe, so yeah. uh, at stores at least. So it's harder to get. So you do need to pay a little bit more to get them, and that's normal. So it's saying the retail version of the game will be 50 Yeah. But the nice thing is if you back the this Kickstarter right now, because it's already been funded, they've met two stretch goals that include an expansion. So you mm. are, which will be sold separately. But the nice thing is by doing the Kickstarter, you can get it all in one now and adds that variability and replayability to the game. Yeah. And it says down here that the expansion will be $15. So that makes it $65 for the two. And then, so yeah. I'm even saving on that if I back. Yeah. yeah. So it, it's it's a really good deal if you're interested. And um, I believe, and I want to double check, Rado did a run through. Oh, yeah. of course he did. Right. Because I remember now I watched it. I wa- I've been watching a lot of Rado lately. Me too. <laughs> so um, check that out because he does a fantastic job showing it. So they were looking for 15000 He He does pretty low goals. And um, I'm not sure if it's because he's able to invest his own money back in, but 15000 as a goal for a big game like this or Medium, I guess a medium-sized game. It's kind of a low goal, so I have a, a feeling he's investing back in. But he's already at 61864 So, I mean, it's it's exploded. There are 1,137 backers. Now, there's not a lot of time left. He did a shorter campaign. It ends the November 23rd, and he only launched on the 2nd. So he uh, did do a shorter campaign. So definitely something to you know check out sooner rather than later. Yeah, and the basic way I can explain this game, for anybody that knows Above and Below, Above and Below is a storytelling game where you have characters who live above and you send them below to go through these quests and and get things. And I basically say this is Above and Below and Outside in the Sea. (laughs) Now, it's not as storytelling to Mm -hmm. it, but it's the same characters, or at least some of the same characters. And it has a lot of the same uh, mechanics where you have people with certain abilities. They're better at doing certain things than mm-hmm. others. And then the the people or the sea servants who fight for you, you have to roll dice to get certain numbers in order to to get them to actually fight for you. And, right. that, and that kind of stuff is in Above and Below. So it takes a lot of those same ideas, but then it makes a completely new game out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, out in the sea and you are racing around trying to utilize the different towns and fight some of them, fight your, you know, opponents, whatever it is. Um, it's really, really seems interesting. It's one that I am definitely interested in. Yeah. But my pledge of I have to get five games in twice before I can get anything else. I'm not there yet. So, uh, oh. I, you know, unless it happens in the next eight days, who knows? Wow. Yeah, that's a tough personal challenge there. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I know. But it's working well for me. And also, I'm noticing you can check out the prototype game on Table Tabletopia. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's another good way to check it out. Which is, I think, a huge thing. It's going to be happening more and more. So, yeah. 
If it yeah, I can't wait. At all interesting to you, you should go and check out uh, the demo or Rado's videos, or mm-hmm. just read the page and say, "Yeah, I like it." Buying it. <laughs> yep, definitely agree. All right, well, that's it for this week. Uh, hope you've uh, enjoyed what we've talked about, and we hope that you'll go out there and check these out. And until next time, keep an eye on Kickstarter. Thank you for checking out a United Geeks Network family member. If you enjoyed it and are looking for other online media with a geek culture slant, head over to unitedgeeksnetwork.com where you will find Geeks of the North, a hobby and gaming podcast from LaBelle Province, discussing all aspects of the miniature wargaming hobby. The United Geeks Network. You can broadcast your geekiness at unitedgeeksnetwork.com.